Hello, hello, welcome again, and you're in a letter from us, and we'll be talking about cancel culture again, continuing from the previous episode. So let's okay. recall what we discussed last time. Cancel culture is a way of behaving in a society or group, especially on social media, in which it is common to completely reject and stop supporting someone because they have said or done something that offends you. And as I said before, it is basically to end one's career or revoke their reputation. So, Misha, what are some problems with cancel culture? Yeah, before we also, in the previous episode, I mean, we also discussed some problems with cancel culture, such as how it affects a person psychologically and even physically, such as their career. There's also a problem with group thinking and how we can easily... Um, where and how we are and how easily it is to speak without hearing first. So on the note of psychology, how does it affect a person again? Really, 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 really briefly <laughs> fill us in on this. <laughs> okay, so it's called social cognitive theory where people learn behavior through observational learning. Basically, people tend to conform what the majority of people do. And one of the reasons for conforming is to be part of the group. So I suppose people tend to follow the accusers. Yes. Okay, so today, now for this episode, we are going to expand on what we have talked about previously. And the first thing we're going to talk about is whether cancel culture is a form of justice. Justice is basically a principle which believes people should get what they deserve. It is the maintenance or impartial judgment of those who have committed a crime, or it can also be done on um, with someone who has done something commendable or honorable. So it is like you could say it's just to give them a reward. So how can cancel culture be a form of justice? By nature, cancel culture is a form of boycotting to which an individual or group of people can be boycotted for suspicious or offensive behavior and thus is a form of justice kind of like done by the public. It takes away someone's power and influence and really it's been quite effective at combating like sexism and racism or other kinds of zim zim zims. Mm-hmm. That's bad. And of course, like discrimination, but it does not have a zim 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 at the end. Um, it can also be a form of justice because it holds someone accountable for their actions in a way that was just not really possible in the past. It can be a form of injustice, however, because we can hold someone wrong for what is actually right. As an example, for how cancel culture can be a form of justice is about uh, the Shane Dawson controversy. I don't know if anyone even watches him anymore, but I remember the controversy around what he had done in the past. And without the internet, honestly, we would have not known that he had done this and Dawson would have walked, likely walked away from the issue, never knowing or hearing about what he had done ever again. But with this age of internet and technology, things about a person's past can be dug up really really the deep darkest webs and that things can be dug up can be very difficult to accept but anyway Dustin was cancelled because he had done blackface he showed pedophilic behavior he refused to apologize for these actions so Dustin basically after he got accused by this he simply stepped away and disappeared from the internet to let the cancel mob pass so he can continue to become who was known for before which is a youtuber Therefore, in this case, cancel culture can be a form of justice. It can be, but it's not always. Usually, it's not. 
not. Nevertheless, the problem with cancel culture most of the time is that they are unwilling to forgive the person. Furthermore, cancel culture says that the person is irredeemable. It also says that the person can never change and speaks to the person harshly and unlovingly. And um, here's a question posed by Nicole Dudenhofer. I don't know how to say that word, but yeah, <laughs> just bear with me. Is cancel culture an effective way to hold those in positions accountable, or is it just punishment without a chance for redemption? So yeah, this is a question we can ponder about. Of course, there are cases where cancel culture is a form of injustice. To be honest, um, white people, specifically white, straight cisgendered males are often cancelled at birth because they are seen as oppressors according to critical race theory i don't know if you've ever heard or seen this tiktok video before but okay i'm gonna play the audio for you hi there my name is sarah this little cutie is my son bennett as you can see, my son is a white male, so here are some books that I bought to help prevent him from growing up to be awful. Starting out strong, we have C is for Consent. Um, pretty self-explanatory, but it's a picture book that goes into detail about consent with your body, with family. Along that same note, we have Will Ladybug Hug. Teaches the same kind of concept and in a more childish way about a ladybug who um, is hugging his friends. He even has one friend who doesn't like hugging. So... This one is called Only For Me, also same concept, teaching kids about consent and things that feel comfortable with their body. Because I'm raising a feminist, we've got A is for Awesome, 23 Inspirational Women. Next we have I Clean Like Daddy. There's even a page in the end where the whole family is cleaning together to show that it's not just mom and sister's job. Finally, we have Except When They Don't, a book about um, boys and girls liking whatever they want, regardless of their gender. Hi there, my name is Sarah. This okay, well that's it <laughs> so basically it's this video about uh, a white mother and a white baby giving him books about how not to quote-unquote grow up awful that's in her own words she basically has this kind of bias to, against her own baby because he's a white male <laughs> yeah sounds very dangerous but anyway he's literally still a baby and his own mom kind of just you know made a literal assumption about his future and about who he is when he's literally a baby <laughs> of course like there's the best example of cancel culture being a form of injustice with the story of jesus which i mentioned in the previous episode um yep on that note, Sujino, have you ever had an experience with being cancelled or um, know anyone who had been cancelled? Uh, Austin Henry Jones is an American convicted sex offender and former musician who was active as a YouTuber for 2007 to 2017 before being arrested for production of child pornography so oh i used to watch his, yeah so i used to watch his videos especially him doing a capella but yeah he got cancelled and he deserves it <laughs> <laughs> so, okay i'll talk briefly about what he got cancelled so the music website pop fresh reported that jones had contacted multiple underage female fans online yes. each time persuading the girl to twerk on video oh my gosh yeah um 
a video for him and also giving her directions on how to perform the act while being recorded. Oh my. Yeah, he eventually admitted that he used Facebook and iMessage to chat with the teenage girls, encouraging them to toss and him per- <laughs> pornographic videos. So now just became more oh widely gosh. known due to his arrest for sexual misconduct involving minors and his possession and production of child pornography. In 2019, he, his YouTube channel was terminated. So I guess this is more about something related to the crime, but ultimately people accused and ended his career due to his misbehavior. Mm-hmm. And castle culture can take place anywhere. So it's <laughs> like both online and offline world. For example, Austin, who I just talked about, misbehaved and got accused by people. On the other hand, it, we get we can also get canceled in an offline world, like in the community. For example, we may be canceled in school, like I mentioned in the previous episode, and this eventually leads to bullying or being marginalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we do need to ask the question to if there is a good side to cancel culture. As mentioned before, it can be a form of justice, although to be honest, not the best because it relies on the crowd and oftentimes when the crowd is swayed by something that is a lie, everything else that follows is most likely unjust. Um, furthermore, as mentioned before, cancel culture is really is a really harsh way of dealing with people who need to be given justice. Nevertheless, most cancel culture cases happens outside of the course, court courtroom, <laughs> and thus there may not be adequate justice done to the person. This is where cancel culture comes in. It fits the gap of anything that cannot really be brought into a courtroom and essentially puts the judgment on the hands of the community or people. Um, actually, this guy named Benjamin T. Awesome gives us five reasons why cancel culture may be a good thing. First thing he says is that it's a boycott. As I mentioned before, it is a way people can draw support from individuals and companies and hold people or groups of people who are doing unethical actions accountable. The second one is that it is a way the powerless can hold the powerful accountable. He mentions that the justice system, quote, frequently delivers fails to deliver justice for marginalized people and instead serve to perpetuate injustice, close quote. His words, not mine. And again, the problem here is that people can have different meanings to the word marginalized and sometimes even justice. Some people think justice means what you want someone to get instead of objectively giving someone the proper and impartial justice that they deserve based on the action that they have done, whether they like it or not. Three, it is not carceral, carceral, right? Which means belonging to a prison. Um, His point here is basically that um, cancel culture does not need someone to get involved with the prison system or law enforcement, thus meaning they do not have to get locked up. Instead, they can just reflect on what they have done. But my argument here would be that um, he fails to consider the psychological damage and emotional damage <laughs> that cancel culture tends to bring to the people. Um, this article from Kristen Weir, 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 Weir <laughs> talks about the pain of it's W E I R. Yeah. Okay. Talks about the pain of social rejection, which is basically a form 
that's I guess you could say similar to cancel culture or canceling someone, but you basically yeah you face the wrath of the people and become socially isolated essentially and socially rejected. That's what happens most of the time with cancel culture. She mentions that um, called ostracized people sometimes become aggressive and can turn to violence in twenty. Um, 2003, Leary and colleagues analyzed 15 cases of school shooters and found all but two suffered from social rejection. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, okay, number four, it's free speech. He mentions that canceling someone is free speech in action, quote unquote. Again, his words, not mine. The problem here I find is that there can be cases where cancel culture silences free speech. For example, when J.K. Rowling mentioned a tweet that basically suggested that um, trans people, specifically trans men, are not real women. This caused many people to hate on her and suppress her words. And thus, the encouragement of free speech is gone it effectively causes the scared to say what they want to say if it may trigger the larger crowd um so most of the time it's like better to just stay silent and that's what's that's the opposite of free speech okay it's uh, anti-racist this is his fifth point he basically gives this idea about how you can get into hot water for saying the n-word and that cancel culture can help demand consequences for people being racist and such um but to be honest cancel culture can be as racist as it is as it is anti-racist especially because the mob can go against anything nowadays but anyway, uh, yeah, this kind of ended up being more of a rebuttal. Uh, not really points, but anyway, okay. No, oops. Okay, so, you know, what do you think personally are the good sides to cancel culture, if any? So to add to what Misha said above, cancel culture gives a voice to, uh, a voice to this enfranchised or less powerful people. Um, Ozita Noanevu... MVP staff writer at the New Republic states the critics of cancel culture are plainly threatened not by a new and uniquely powerful <laughs> kind of public criticism, but by a new set of critics, young progressives, including many minorities and women who largely through social media have obtained a seat at the table where matters of justice and etiquette are debated and are banging it loudly to make up for lost time. So while not, not everyone has access to legislators or other powerful people, everyone can sign up for a Twitter ac account and the canceling is a way to acknowledge that you don't have to have the power to change structural inequality. You don't even have to have the power to cha change of the public sentiment. But as an individual, you can still have power beyond online. I guess this is one of the good sides of cancel culture since it does not really require actual authority or power to raise the voice. So all you need is evidence and the people to retweet your post. <laughs> and the remaining part will be done for you by the internet. What True. is possible? <laughs> So in my opinion, it is important to cancel culture to some extent. For example, massive people are now supporting and encouraging people in Ukraine as state, eh, starting a movement to block the war from Russia. And Putin is being canceled nowadays <laughs> for the people. So I guess it is essential to show our power to stop the war. 
yeah, this can be this can't be achieved when implemented by an individual, but then but then like it becomes possible when we all get into backing of public opinion. So I'm curious what the Bible talks about cancel culture. Misha, can you share it with us? Oh yes, okay. Actually, there are many instances in the Bible that can relate to cancel culture, but may not be directly like the cancel culture as we know it. For example, the Old Testament Levitical law. Uh, actually commands the people to be quote-unquote cut off if that person has disobeyed, disobeyed the commandments of God. First of all, like, let's define what uh, cut off from the people actually means. Jacob Milgram, who is a Jewish commentator, says that these can cause someone to be cut off, including um, eating leaven during Passover, Exodus 12, um, working on the Sabbath, Exodus 31, eating blood, Leviticus 7, or fat, Leviticus 7 as well, duplicating the sanctuary anointing oil, Exodus 30, blasphemy, Leviticus 24, illicit worship, Leviticus 20, illicit sex, Leviticus, Leviticus 18. <laughs> and as was the case in our passage this Sunday, eating a sacrifice in a state of impurity, um, Okay, and these are actually four possibilities to what this word means. And I got this from Bethany Bible Church. It's going to be kind of long. There's four. So number one is to be banished from the community. Death can also work, but the specification of from his people, like cut off from his people, may indicate the view that excommunication from the land of Israel is more fitting. However, there's no clear example of biblical literature where, um, where this is shown, but yeah. Number two is to be killed either by the community or death penalty or by God via um, divine judgment. So this has strong scriptural support as there are examples of both the community of Israel putting someone to death and the term cut off being implied to that capital <laughs> to that capital punishment and God exterminating an individual. Um, quote, you can, you shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, the shoal shall be cut off among his people. Uh, close quote. Exodus 31, 14. Um, notice how shall be put to death is parallel with quote, shall be cut off from among his people. Okay, the third one is the person is made childless or his ge genealogical line does not continue due to judgment from God. Leviticus 20, 17 says, quote, if a, if a man takes his sister, a daughter of his father or daughter of his mother and sees her nakedness and, she's, and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace and they shall be cut off in the sight of the children of the people. Um, he has uncovered his sister's nakedness and he shall bear his iniquity. Close quote. Since most of Leviticus 20.10 seems to describe the same penalty for similar sins, um, sexual immorality and incest and stuff, it appears that a dying childless may be a synonym or parallel way of saying cut off. So having one's um, posterity abruptly stopped was a great grave thing indeed for a patriarchal patriarch Oh, I can't speak today. <laughs> Society, okay, it's they basically see it as a form of like you have literally died yourself. Like you know, you might as well just commit suicide because you don't have children, something like that. So that's how um, seriously they view that. Number four is can it can also mean that someone is separated from God for eternity. This theory has been suggested um, since has been around since the earliest Jewish writing. 
The argument here comes from an idea that to be cut off is the opposite of being gathered to one's people after death, according to Genesis 1515 and Numbers 2024. 20, if one is cut off, they cannot enter paradise upon death and be removed from their spiritual people. But yeah, overall, it's important not to make very dogmatic approaches to this because it can depend on the context. So the question is, why would God do this? And the most logical answer I can come to is to show the greatness of sin and disobeying God. I mean, it is very harsh and it discourages others from obeying God. As God knows, we are very social-centered beings. So having this social rejection naturally causes us to hesitate and think twice before doing something that can upset the crowd. The most important thing, however, is that the crowd must actually have a good reason and basis for cutting someone off nowadays people can be canceled for anything but most essential part to cutting someone off i guess or just like i don't know quote unquote canceling them is that the crowd must be must have a just and good reason to do it the thing is people are likely going to be cut off from a covenant relationship with god um like according to this meanings the one that he had made with abraham and all the other patriarchs therefore when jesus came it is no longer because jesus had created a bridge between god and man so we come to god when we please and god will not cut us off because jesus has been so loving and kind and gracious to provide us with a free gift of salvation according to what he had done on the cross for you and me okay it's very long um just bear with me he can we can see this in one of jesus most famous examples about the prostitute who was um, about to get stoned a disclaimer actually is that some of the earliest manuscripts of the gospel of john in which this story is accounted to does not contain this passage is in john 818 this is therefore a point of contention and debate among scholars of the bible but basically the story goes like this jesus went to the mount of olives and then there was these pharisees made them stand in the group and like they found this woman who was caught in adultery and then they were like, yeah, let's stone this woman. And then um, Jesus was like, um, no, the law of Moses commanded. Um, oh, sorry. No, the Pharisees were like, yeah, the law of command, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? And then Jesus was like, um, yeah, I'm just going to bend down and write something on the ground with the finger. They, this passage never actually mentioned what he wrote down. But basically, um, yes, after like a while, the people started going away like from the oldest to youngest. And then in the end, Jesus like stood up again. And the women is like, and as never mind. And Jesus asked the woman, like, um, where did the people go? Nobody has condemned you. Then the woman's like, no one, sir. Um, and then Jesus like neither do I to condemn you. So go now and live your life um, free of sin. Yes, like li live your life of sin. So, okay, according to this passage, Jesus did not allow the women to be canceled by the people, quote-unquote. So it is a powerful example of Jesus disagreeing with the cancel culture, although we do need a bit more of a solid case because this verse is under much debate actually one of the most uh actually one may think that church discipline in the new testament is considered cancellation but it's not this is because any exclusion from the fellowship or public rebuke is done only after personal confrontation and multiple opportunities to repent and for the purpose of restoration paul says in first corinthians 5 um to make sure that we give enough time 
for the person to repent and come back and be wise, at which point we need to remove this person from the fellowship of the church. The reason here is that if one person commits to co uh, begins to commit sin regularly, this can cause the whole congregation to fall into sin. It's usually how it happens. The church is not strict with sin, and then they and then everyone kind of eventually falls into sin because of how easy it is with the social attitude and culture of around sin in that church is too like nonchalant. And another reason is that um, we're is so that hopefully this action is successful in bringing the member back into godly sorrow and to repentance. And if we and if the guy has repented, then Paul's like, yeah, you've gained a brother or sister back. And if they come back, restore him to full fellowship with the church in 2 Corinthians 2. So yeah, overall, the New Testament does not actually encourage what cancel culture is doing today. Being cut off from the people in the Old Testament also does not just come like randomly without good reason, but it's done with good reason, one that God provided for us. Um, but yeah, a good way to think about this then is to just make sure that the Christian response to what you're responding to does not violate any of the principles set in the Bible that are valid for believers today. For instance, we do not follow all of the Mosaic laws and what the Jews had to do to set them apart from the nations to f and also the laws that foreshadow jesus coming and stuff like that each individual person is ultimately judged by god and not man we need to speak the truth in love according to ephesians 4 15 we need to make sure we're loving others and not just make them feel like an outcast for no good reason jesus sat and hung out with those who would be considered an outcast back then and probably even today scriptures also teaches um to be careful when judging quickly like think about the plank in your own eye before taking out the speck in your brother's eye so be quick to listen, slow to speak. And there you go. Here are some of the relevant verses we need to keep in mind from the Bible today when speaking on cancel culture. It's very long. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, hopefully you got something useful out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so long. <laughs> that was like part of the lecture. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thank you for sharing. Thanks, Misha. Yes, and I hope course. you guys learned something from it. <laughs> Hopefully, okay. this is quite long. Yeah. So we are going to finalize our episode here. Mm -hmm. And then I thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys <laughs> next week with fresh ideas. Yay! Bye! <laughs>